suggestion for kids seeing from now on I'm not requiring it but I wish all our kids seeing could sit on the first four pews all closer together so think about that next week okay if you want to it, it's, it looks better and it sounds better when y'all are together so think about that oh they're gonna move on up now look at this look at this wow they're leaders yeah they're leaders Anybody else want to be a leader? I'm just kidding. All right. Jesus loves me this
announcements. Paige is going to lead our song for the teacher to go to class. Let's close out with our questions. What is true success in life? We are very glad that you're here tonight, and uh, we especially uh, want to welcome you if you're visiting with us. It's an honor to have you. We always enjoy and look forward to visitors when they attend our services, and I hope you'll give us a chance to express that to you before uh, you leave tonight. have a few announcements that I want to make. First of all, uh, Joe Downs, who's the grandfather of Mary Dooley, they recently placed membership with us. He passed away yesterday. And uh, that visitation is going to be tomorrow from 5 until 8. And the funeral on Tuesday at 11. And all will take place at McMillan. And I will try to put something out on the Facebook site about that as well. Also, Lads to Leaders Night is going to be next Sunday night. We're looking forward to that. So please keep that in mind. Also, uh, anybody, Golden Circle, we've got five more uh, positions left to go on our boat cruise at Wheeler Lake near Joe Wheeler Lodge. If you want to sign that list, uh, be sure and do so because it's limited to 24. But if you want to go, we'd love to have you. I do, again, want to emphasize, I hate to just keep emphasizing it, but I, I don't feel like I can do it enough. Our special day coming up, April 29th and 30th. I hope you'll invite people to come. I hope you'll share this on your social media and uh, realize that uh, this is something that people in our community are starving for. But I also believe it's something we need in the church here. Uh, to me, I'll just say it, that's going to be very disappointing to me if we don't have a significant number of our own folks here. Uh, we want you to be here. You need to be here as well. And uh, this is going to be a great day. Remember, we will meet those that can next Saturday morning at 9 o'clock, probably in the annex. And we're going to knock doors in the area in our community and invite people to come. So uh, be looking forward to that as well. I believe that's all the announcements that I have. I'm going to let, uh, I'm going to dismiss this in prayer, have a word of prayer, and then Hayes will lead our song as the teachers go to class. Will you bow with me? Our merciful and kind Heavenly Father, we're grateful to you for this beautiful day that you blessed us with. It's always a joy when 
we are able to assemble to worship you, and we're thankful for this opportunity. Father, we, we pray for all those that are sick, those that have lost loved ones. Father, we, we know that you understand who they are. We pray especially for uh, the Downs family, the grandfather of our Mary Dooley. We pray that you would comfort that family during this difficult time and be with all those who are grieving. Father, please bless us in our Bible study tonight. May we focus our attention on those things that are spiritual in nature and resolve to apply these things to our lives. Most of all, we're thankful for your son, Jesus, who gave his life on the cross. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I want you to do it right here. Today I'll be sing today I'll be singing Victory in Jesus 470 Victory in Jesus the first and third verse I heard an old old story how
Linda Dawson. Don's very ill. Wade Davis is still missing after all this time. Uh, the 22nd will be 10 months. Carolyn Wilcutt's recovering from uh, injuries. Bobby Petty has lung cancer. Kelby Smith has Parkinson's. Cody McGee's recovering from his foot surgery, doing better. Pray he gets back to work soon. Chopper got a brace for his foot. How, how's the pain? Does that eliminate every, you're perfect now? What'd you say? Okay, I will. I'm glad to. But I'm going to leave it there for just a second. We'll, then we will rejoice. But he got a brace for his foot, and that has really helped. That is wonderful. That just makes me, makes me feel great for you. Larry Kennedy has cancer. It's in remission. He's doing better. Van Roberts has pancreatic cancer. Paul Rollison has brain cancer. Lex Crossan has health problems. Norma Hemwell, Norma Hemwell has health problems. Marty and Donna Woodruff both have cancer. Eli Johnson is undergoing treatments and radiation for cancer. Justin Mooney was to see the doctor, I think, uh, this past week. I haven't heard the results of that, but I'm sure he'll be getting treatment for his cancer. James Goddard has cancer. John Roten has health problems, and Langford suffers with pain in her legs. Emma Hutton has Hodgkin lymphoma. Paul Nichols has stage four cancer. Sharon Strickland has cancer. Grayson Miller has cancer. Scotty Ennis has leukemia. Tori Cobb is recovering from his accident. Lisa Allen's brother-in-law, Paul Goldman, has lymphoma. Pat Moore has been diagnosed with breast cancer. My granddaughter, Avery, is going to be having tubes put in her ears on Tuesday. Teresa Burcham has pancreatic cancer. Laura Galloway and Lauren Brumley are both pregnant. We're praying for their safe delivery. Emsley Murphy had surgery on the 10th. Um, Yes, right. Uh, that was complicated, right? It was brain brain surgery. So that's wonderful. Uh, the prognosis, I guess, is super good. That's just more smiles. Yes. Uh, Denise Martin's mother is recovering. Barbara Beard has back problems. Linda Garrett's undergoing follow-up treatments. It's wiping her out, makes her very, very tired. Jimmy Gross, that's Bo's father. He's having some issues related to his condition. Barbara Foster has breast cancer. Mike Vance has cancer. Uh, Lynn's recovering from her shoulder surgery. Luther Mormon's recovering at home. Dave Woodrow's got some uh, issues he's dealing with. Nelda Eaton has dementia and pneumonia. Uh, Jamie, any better? With his back? He's, yeah, well, you know, he's just got serious back problems. Okay. Glenn Newton's facing some serious health issues. Still. Uh, James Hester's been undergoing some tests. Jeremy Owens 
has stage three brain tumor. Marley had her surgery, it went well. She's got a long road of recovery. Gina Horn's mom had open heart surgery on the third. Margie Bray is Larry Morgan's sister. She's recovering at Landmark. Eddie Allen's recovering from shoulder replacement surgery. Is Lisa here tonight? Anybody in that family? How's, how's Eddie doing? Doing well, okay. How about his sister? That'd be good. Uh, Larry Muse is a friend of Joe Garrett's. He has colon cancer and they found some spots on his liver. Uh, John Grimms and Jason Copeland were baptized through the jail ministry. And by the way, both uh, JT and uh, Jim Estes are allowed to go do some Bible studies in the Boonville Jail here at least once a month for now. So that's, that's really good. That's not been happening for quite a while. So we're excited about that and already have a couple of baptisms. Uh, Nicole Timms had surgery this past week. And if you're just terribly upset about not having a bulletin, that's why, okay? Uh, Jimmy's, do the bulletin, take care of my daughter-in-law. What do you think? So can we survive maybe one week? Yeah, please, let's do. We'll get back to normal soon. Uh, Martha Tyra had a stress test and then had to have a calf on Thursday. Tim Sarton's dealing with some health issues. Colton Marley is a six-year-old, has a mass on the hip. This is a grandchild of uh, someone who came through our line this week. And then mention Mary Dooley's grandfather who passed away. You have anybody else that you would like to put on our list? Yes. What a lot of faith. <laughs> All right. Anyone else? Yes. Take Barbara off. She's doing much, much better. Okay. Well, I'm going to thank God for that, and then I'll take her off if I remember to. Okay. Anybody else? Yes. Like mouth with an S. All right, let's have our prayer together and then we'll begin our study. Father, thank you so much for just a beautiful day. Just reminds us how precious life is. Just the joy of living. We thank you that we could be together on this first day of the week and just enjoy one another and to be able to worship you together in spirit and in truth. Just what a pleasure. Pray, Father, for these people who are dear to so many of us, 
that you will promote healing in them and recovery or certainly comfort in the worst situations. But Lord, help us as we make these requests to always know that your will trumps everything. And help us to have a mind that while we come and we come as beggars, supplicants before you, that we resign ourselves to your will, how these things might go. But in those cases where you have heard us and responded in a favorable way, we are just so happy. We pray for Irene Baker, that she will have good days with her family. Bless Austin Wentz and his treatments. Bless Don especially as he's very ill. Bless the Davis family and Wade's missing. Pray that Carolyn can get strong enough to be back with us soon. Bless Bobby Petty who battles cancer. We pray for Kelby Smith as he is debilitated due to Parkinson's. Bless Cody McGee in a full recovery. We thank you, Father, that Chopper's doing so much better and we're thankful he could get treatment that could help him walk better and I hope that the pain he's been suffering can go away real soon. We pray for Larry Kennedy who has been feeling better but still uh, certainly has the cloud of cancer over him. I just pray that he can have good days and enjoy being in remission. Bless Van Roberts, who has cancer. Bless Paul Rollison, who has cancer. Bless Lex Crossan and Norma Hemwell, who both have health problems. Be with Marty Woodruff and Donna as they both have cancer. We pray for Eli Johnson and his treatments. Bless Ethan's friend, Justin as he begins treatments. Pray for James Goddard, who has cancer. Be with John Roten, that he'll have good days. Bless Ann Langford to be pain-free. Pray for Emma Hutton, who has cancer. Paul Nichols, who has cancer. Bless Sharon Strickland, Grayson Miller, Scotty Ennis, who all have cancer. We pray for Tori Cobb, that uh, he's going to do well and uh, recover from his injuries. Bless Paul Goldman who has cancer, Pat Moore who has cancer. Pray for Avery as she has tubes in her ears in a couple of days that it will go well and she'll benefit from that treatment. Pray for Teresa Burcham who has cancer. Bless Laura and Lauren as they both go through their pregnancies. We pray health for both of them and for their babies. We rejoice that Emsley had surgery and that it was uh, done well and that um, got good results. And we're thankful that the prognosis is so good. We pray for um, Denise Martin's mother and her recovery. We thank you, Father, that Barbara Beard's doing so much better. We pray that she'll not suffer uh, additional injuries and just keep her safe, Lord. We pray for Linda Garrett, who's undergoing treatments. We pray their success and that she can be fully, completely cancer-free. Bless Jimmy Gross. Give him good days. We pray for Barbara Foster, who has breast cancer, and Mike Vance, who has cancer. Bless Lynn, as she's trying to recover from her shoulder surgery. Bless Luther, as he recovers from his injuries. Bless Dave Woodrow, that he'll have good days. We pray for Nelda Eaton who's been suffering of late. 
We pray for Jamie Warner, who has chronic back issues. Bless Glenn Newton as he's facing serious health issues. Pray for James Hester as he's undergoing tests, and we pray good outcomes for him. Bless Jeremy Owens as he battles cancer. We're thankful that Marley had good results from her surgery. We pray that she'll have a full recovery. We pray for Gina Horn's mom, Charlene, as she recovers from her open heart surgery. Bless Margie Bray uh, as she's at Landmark, that she'll have good days in recovery. Bless Eddie Allen, that he'll have a full recovery. We pray for Larry Muse, who has cancer that's reoccurred. We pray for our jail ministry, that it's a great success. And we pray specifically for John Grooms and for Jason Copeland, that they will grow strong in the faith. We pray for Nicole Timms, who had surgery this week. We pray that uh, she got the results she was hoping for. Bless Martha Tyra. Bless Tim Sarton. We pray for Colton Marley, who has the mass on the hip. We pray for Mary Dooley's family and the passing of her grandfather. We pray for Courtney Kearns, who suffered serious injuries, even to the point of thinking she would pass from this life. We're thankful that she is making a recovery. We pray that her body will be strong enough to do that, and we pray for those who are tending to her, her doctors, nurses, and technicians, that they'll do everything that's needed to promote healing in her. We pray for Angie South, who's gotten the diagnosis we all hope to never hear, and we just pray that a treatment will be sufficient to promote healing in her body too. Lord, thank you for this avenue to come to your presence and to bring these concerns before you. And we pray, Lord, that we will be confident when we ask and knowing that as your children you hear us, but also resolve that you know what's best for us as your children. And helps make sense of that when things don't go the way we had hoped. But thank you for hearing us. Bless us now as we study these things together and help us to use good common sense in our discussion. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> well, that last part's mostly for me, not <laughs> you. Who's needing common sense? Me. <laughs> I'd like to have a lot, a lot of that, a boatload. Okay. Hollywood, would you please read 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 8 through 13? Just as a reminder, sometimes when you hear all of it put together at once, it, I don't know, kind of gives you an overview picture. Let me again which one you want. Three, which verses? Um, 1 Timothy 3, verses 8 through 13, that should be the section that deals with the deacons. Likewise must the deacons be grave, not double-tongued, not given to much wine, not greedy of filthy lucre, holding the mystery of the faith in a pure conscience. And let those who first be let those who also first be proved, then let them use the office of a deacon, being found blameless. Even so must their wives be grave, not slanderers, sober, faithful in all things. Let the deacons be the husbands of one wife, ruling their children and their own houses well. 
for they have used the office of a deacon well. For, that, for they that have used the office of a deacon well purchased to themselves a good degree and great boldness in the faith which is in Christ Jesus. Doesn't that sound good? Don't you want to be a deacon? No, you it this way. Yeah, of course. That sounds wonderful. Think about all the perks that he described there at the end. We'll get into that a little bit later. But man, being a deacon, that, that is amazing. Boy, wouldn't I like to be a deacon? Just think of the kind of man I would be if I were a deacon in this church. Well, we're going to do what we did with the elders. Now, the elders had, wow, there were so many qualifications. And did my best to try and define those and then look from Scripture or give some examples of circumstances that I've been through or, or seen in the past, just to put it in perspective a little bit. And we'll do the same thing here with deacons, although there, there are a lot of these qualifications that you have already heard. Some of the qualifications, though, believe it or not, actually for the deacon are stronger in some cases than even what you find for the elder. And I'm going to be asking along the way, why would that be so? Why would, why would that be true? Why would you expect more of the deacon than you would of the elder? And I also want to throw this out here before we get into this. I mentioned it last time, but just as a refresher, deacons are not junior elders, okay? The work of a deacon is a work separate from that of the elders. The elders have a particular role that they play as shepherds of this congregation. And deacons, as we noticed, literally are to kick up the dust. They're very busy in the works that they're applying themselves to. So uh, generally speaking, and, and we looked at the reference from Acts chapter 6, although those men who were chosen for the work of distributing to the needs of those Grecian widows are not, are not specifically, technically referred to in that text as deacons, yet the work that they're doing very much reflects what we see deacons doing. So in that case, these were men, and a lot of people no doubt were qualified, but there was a particular work that needed to be done, and only a handful of men needed to fill those positions. So they had the qualifications, they fulfilled the roles that were needed, even though there might be other people that qualified, we only needed six, and so those men were applied to the work that was done with great results. Same thing would be true here. We have works to do, we need deacons to do it. Who are these deacons? Well, we have them qualified. They're described in the scriptures of who we look for, and in the event that jobs present themselves, then we wanna have men who are qualified to be able to fill those roles. The qualifications, I think, tell us a lot about the kind of role that they're going to play or the, the disposition of the man as he's doing certain things. Listen, there are all kinds of personalities in the world, but some personalities are not as equipped to deal with certain situations as other personalities. 
you are who you are, and you ought to be able to tell from what we describe here in these scriptures as to whether or not that's something that you would be qualified to do. And then here's what, here's what I would suggest. If, if you examine yourself, say, you know what, I'm, I'm looking at these qualifications. I, I think I'm qualified as deacon. Wouldn't it be great if we had, I don't know, we probably wouldn't do this, but if we had like a database of qualified people for roles ready to go when those things present themselves, wouldn't that be amazing? We wouldn't have to dilly-dally around about things. We'd say, well, so-and-so's qualified for that work. Let's get them busy doing it. Oh, how amazing and wonderful that would be. But let's see what some of these qualifications are. And just as we did with the elders, so I would suggest we do here. These are, these are characteristics, qualifications for a particular role. This is what the Lord's looking for. Uh, just as we go along, examine yourself. Do I, do I fit that? Is this some area that I should be working on? If it is, then by all means, let's get busy doing it or let's aspire to some of these things. No judge is better than when we judge ourselves. I, I know me better than anybody, right? You know you. So you ought to be able to tell some things. I think it's interesting. Uh, I remember as Boy Scout, one of, the, one of the things that we strive for is to be reverent. And oftentimes when you think of reverence, you think about your attitude toward God. And there is the application of that. We demonstrate a reverence toward God. However, this qualification is not talking about my attitude toward God, but of the characteristic that I possess myself, a characteristic of reverence. I think that's pretty significant. Now, I jotted it down when you said it, Rick, because it, that's a great translation. Instead of having the idea of reverence, the word that he used, you remember what it was? Anybody? I wrote it on here for you. We're scared. Grave. Grave. A person who is grave is what? Serious. Yes? Very serious. But serious in what way? Here are some things that I think are important. Uh, this describes a person who's worthy of respect. That means that they are respectable. Yes, if a person's worthy of respect, that means they live in such a way that you would do what? You would respect them. This is not the person who says, you must respect me. I immediately have what? No respect for you. You know, you're going to dominate me. No. Okay. That's not that. It's they're living in such a way as to kind of set a high mark. So I, I look to them. I look to them. What am I looking at? Well, I, I thought that was a great translation. The gravity. They see the gravity in the situation. Not joking about things all the time. They're serious about what needs to be thought of as serious. Uh, another word that could have been translated, dignified. When you think of someone who is dignified, what do you think of? Do I have to answer all my questions? We'll show you. <laughs> someone, who's, someone who has dignity is, is what? Are worthy, worthy of respect. Someone, someone who does maybe their work well, they take pride in what it is that they do. When we see that, when we see the seriousness by which they do things, we, we respect it. We, we revere it. 
there's reverence in them. Also, and, and probably the thing that we most often think of when we hear reverence, especially when it's applied toward God, if I have reverence toward God, I'm recognizing his holiness. Maybe even I say I recognize his perfection. I say, well, then that wouldn't be me because I'm not perfect. But that's not what we're looking for, right? We're looking for a gravity of the situation. Someone who's serious about, in this case, they're serious about their relationship with God, about their Christianity. And if that person has that attitude, yes or no, are they always going to be doing what's necessary to protect their Christianity? <laughs> we need to do some jumping jacks. I, I can see right now that's what we need to do. We could jump and run in place or something like that. Just kind of get the blood flowing. Or we could put our hands up here and like, woo, something like that. Or wiggle your fingers. The gravity of the situation, the attitude that we have, we're looking for somebody who, you know what? They, they do their job or do a work and they do it well. And as a result of that, we respect them for it. Except oftentimes when we talk about deacons, what's the first thing that we say? Have you ever heard this one? Okay. The preacher does the elder's job. The elders do the preacher's job. And the deacons, they don't do anybody's job. You ever heard something like that? Oh, no, not. <laughs> Why do we say stuff like that? That's kind of disrespecting the position that they hold, yes? However... Sometimes jokes find their origin where? In some truth. So if I'm going to serve as a deacon, I should not think, oh, this is, you know, I'm not an elder, so this, they give me kind of the parting gift. That's, that's not what it is. This is a specialized work within the Lord's church of service or ministry. So if I'm going to serve as a minister in the Lord's church, what level of commitment and attitude ought I have? The very top, right? I'm going to do this, whatever the job is, to the glory of God. So if my job is maintenance of the facilities, I'm going to see to it that the facilities are kept in what condition? Very best. When you think of me as a deacon, you're going to think, you're going to respect it. Uh, when If my job is... I don't know, uh, taking up the collection, whatever. I oversee that. Then I'm going to know that that job is well taken care of. You can say a lot of things about so-and-so, but when it comes to their work in the Lord, it's exceptional and we respect it. That's, that's the idea here. Why do you think that's the first thing right out of the gate? Okay, we, we've, got to find, we've got to find men who are committed to the task, whatever that task is. Someone says, well, I don't, I don't really want to do that. Well, do the job to the very best of your ability. Yes, whatever that job is, I'm going to do it as unto the Lord and not to men. Oh, I love this one. A deacon is not double-tongued. What does it mean to be double-tongued? Okay, that's another, that's kind of our, our, our idiom. We say, well, that guy speaks out of both sides of his mouth. Wait, what? Have you ever, have you ever dealt with somebody 
who, and no knock against any politicians if we have politicians in this room. But oftentimes politicians are thought of that way. They tell people what they want to hear. Okay? So if someone comes to them, they ask them opinion. They give the opinion they think that person wants to hear. Someone comes with an opposing opinion and they ask them, oh, yeah, yeah now, now, absolutely, I'm with you. Well, I can't be with both of you. But what they've done is they've indicated by their words that they agree with both positions. Okay? I tell this guy one thing, then I tell this one another thing. Uh, what, what potentially is the problem with that? Uh, absolutely. Because eventually somebody is going to find out, yes, that you've agreed to both sides of the issue. You can't play both sides. So to be, to be a person who just speaks to appease everybody is a person who is setting up a disaster in relations with people. Now question, who is it that deacons typically deal with? Church, I was just going to say people, but yeah, church members, right? So you tell, so one church member comes and say, well, now, so-and-so says that, here's what I think about that. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I kind of see where you're coming from on that. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Then the other one comes up, you know, so-and-so, I saw them come in your office the other day. What were they talking about? And you say, well, they had a question about this. And they say, well, now you believe what I believe, don't you? Because here's the position I take, which is totally different from this. They say, oh, like, yeah, absolutely, yes. But let's just kind of keep that on the down low, can we? And then before you know it, after time, that thing begins to, you know, ferment a little bit. And before you know it, the lid blows off of it. And they say, well, so brother, so-and-so, they're on my side. Wait, wait, no, they're not because I just talked to them. And here's what they said. No, they did not. Oh, yes, they did. And then before you know it, the two parties that were against one another now have become one of the party against you. What ultimately does that kind of interaction with people create within the body? Discord. discord. I'm not going to say division because discord is a better description of it. Have you ever, do you, in music, I'm, I've heard this word also used in other, other areas, so maybe it's true uh, in, in other areas, but have you ever heard of um, well, I just forgot what the word was I was going to do with all that explanation. Dissonance. You know what dissonance is? Like in harmony, you have four-part harmony. When you hear all four notes that are in harmony, it's just, it's beautiful. It's whole. It's full. If you throw in a dissonant sound, which is something that doesn't fit within the harmony, you can feel it. It's like somebody takes their nails and scratch it on the blackboard. The sound, in fact, you can feel the vibrations because there is a dissonance in the harmony. It's not right. Within the body, you create enough dissonance of wrong or misstatements or uh, frustrations and uh, discontent and I, you know, distrust and all that, eventually what will happen to the body? It will shake itself apart. Or at the very least, it will create a lot of distrust throughout. You will no longer have peace. 
Now, I don't know about you. I enjoy having peace in the body of Christ because that's what was intended by the Lord. So you can't have people who are tending toward members of the body saying one thing to one person and then another thing to another person. Eventually, that's going to create problems and break up the peace that you have. If, if nothing else, it will cause problems for that deacon because I will no longer, what was the first thing? I'll no longer respect him. I'll no longer have, I'll no longer revere him in the position that he holds. I won't, I will not trust him anymore. Now, a lot of these deacons intending toward others, if, if, if what they were doing could not be trusted, how effective are they going to be in their work for the Lord? Not, not very effective. Um, another, another expression of that, not deceitful, not two-faced, twice speech. Do not be that person. Now, I understand someone who is your friend or whatever, they ask your opinion of something, you give them the answer. Someone else is who, who is your friend, they come and they ask you maybe even the same question, but you know that they don't think that way, you give them another answer. What you really should do is just stick to one truth. Yes? Because actually there is but one. And the rest of that is just a manipulation of the truth. And I don't know about you, but I don't, I don't like having to confront somebody who has misspoken something to me. It just, it just creates an awkward situation. So let's look for men who, when they say it, they have a conviction about it. And, and by the way, if you can be two-faced about something, how convicted are you about it? You're not, are you? You're wishy-washy. You're wishy-washy. And uh, James chapter 1, when we go and we pray to God, if we go wishy-washy like, like a wave driven by the wind, what does he say? Forget it. Don't even, don't even offer it. I'm not listening. Okay, so be convicted and what you say, stick to it. Now, this is, this is different. I said that, you know, there are some things that are similar and actually for deacons, some things are expanded or greater. Now, when we were looking at the qualifications of an elder, the elder was to not be given to wine, not given to wine. You typically look at that and you think, well, okay, no, so what it's saying is he shouldn't, he shouldn't attend to the wine at all. And after I went around the planet explaining it, that was our conclusion. That is not something that he should be doing, okay? So not given to it, not given to it. It's not, it's not a part of what he's going to be doing. He's not going to you know, be visiting these houses to sit down and drink with them. This text in addressing the deacon doesn't say not given to wine. It says not given to much wine. Now you may think, well, wait a minute. Probably what they said not given to wine seems a stronger, um, a stronger statement than this one. But actually in the Greek, it is not. The idea here is that this deacon probably was a drinker, but guess what? His job is to tend to people. So if he goes and he sees uh, Sister Smith over here and takes care of, of whatever need that she had, and then he goes over here to Brother Johnson, tends to his, and then he goes over here. Maybe he has 
five, six different appointments that he's taking care of in order to minister to members of the congregation. And every time he stops, they offer him a little something. By the time he's finished his rounds, what? Yeah, I mean, you know, let's don't, let's don't just play around with this. He's, he's a sight. Well, first of all, to have gotten himself in that condition is what? That's a sin, yes? He's become drunk with wine, sinful. However, what if we have a guy who already likes the drink? Then when he goes through these, how's he going to be by the time he's finished? He's going to be sloppy drunk, right? Is that a good look for the church? No, okay, so not given to much wine. Uh, several ways that's expressed. Doesn't hold the mind to it. In other words, in other words that's, what, that's what he thinks about. Hey, you know what? I, boy, I had a good time over it. Such as, I think I need to go check and see if that grass has grown any. You know, I want to get over there. I, no, no. Yes. Uh, well, of course not. But the indication is that you're tempted to do, so be careful not to put yourself in a situation where you're overrun with temptation, I suppose. Okay. Um, here, not given to wine, don't drink it. Not given to much wine, if you have an inclination toward giving into it, of holding it in your mind, you ought to be a deacon. You ought to be putting yourself in a situation where you're going to find yourself tempted to that degree, especially if you have a tendency toward it. Shake your head this way. Of course not, right? Yes? Okay. Um, 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 3 is the qualification that I was referencing to you of the elder. Not greedy for money. Okay, so let's go back to Acts chapter 6. Those guys were looking after the care of these Grecian widows. So we got these supplies. Oh, well, you know what? I think if, if we could ration those widows, we could still feed them, and then there'd be a little left over for us. I mean, after all, we've been doing all this work and they're not paying me for it. So what would be the problem with skimming a little bit off the top there? What would be the problem with that? Well, first of all, that'd be stealing. That's not what the money and the funds and the resources were given for. But secondly, what kind of reputation does that have for you in the church? What does that do about your effectiveness for the next job that you do when you're discovered and you will be? No. And then not only does that have implications for you, but maybe, maybe for the rest of the deacons. You know, you're a part of a batch of people, whatever. So what you do is going to have an influence greatly on those who are working with you. Not greedy for money. Literally not dishonest for gain. Uh, not having greed under the mask of hospitality. In other words, I want to help you. Okay? My desire is to help. 
hey, you know, that's, that's great. Uh, y'all need a place to stay. I want to I wanna take care of you. But you know what? That food, that, that wasn't free. So I'm going to kind of have to charge you for your meal tonight. That's okay. It's not going to be that much because we go to Sam's and we buy bulk. And by the way, uh, you know, we got electricity in this house and that stuff's not free and neither is the water. But I tell you what we'll do. We'll not have a sewage fee. We'll kind of throw that in there and we'd love to have you. How do you feel about staying with somebody like that? No, okay, so I'm taking advantage maybe of something that's been given to me in order to serve others. Oh, what if we did that with the clothes closet or the food pantry, right? We say, look, this box is worth, I don't know, how much is a box worth? I don't know, $80, $100. We got this box, but I tell you what, um, we know that you're needy, so we're going to charge you $20 for this box. I mean, this is a deal. This is a deal. Or maybe you're not there a part of that. Maybe you're one of those deacons who takes care of benevolence. I don't know. And somebody comes along and say, well, now you missed the free giveaway, but have I got a deal for you? What does that do for the reputation of the church? If you've got somebody who is in a, in a position where they are watching over, especially resources of the church, in order to help others, if they have a greedy mind or they're looking for gain themselves, that is a setup for terrible disaster. So not greedy for money. Don't let that be a motivation. Oh boy, I could be a deacon. I'll be in charge of this. I'm going to make bank on that. Whoa, stop. Six o'clock, time to stop. I was hoping that we'd get finished with all of this tonight so we wouldn't have any pressure toward the end. So we'll have, to, we'll have to throw it all together as we finish out. But thank you for your attention. Let's have a prayer. And then uh, when we dismiss, we'll, we'll get the kids. And I hope you have a good, good evening. Let's pray. Our Father, thank you so much for your blessings and thank you for the opportunity that we have to be able to assemble and study. And Lord, I know that we have men among us who desire these works. I pray, Lord, that you'll help each of us examine ourselves. Are, are we qualified? And if there are things that are lacking, I pray, Lord, that you will help us to identify those things and to grow stronger in them. And I pray, Lord, that you'll uh, keep us safe as we travel from this place. And if it's your will that we'll see a new day, pray that we'll use this day to your glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen.